We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to our pregame show. Um, My name is Sammy Jacobs. Our co-host TJ Inman will join us shortly. Uh, We will be breaking down Indiana's matchup in Happy Valley against the Penn State Nittany Lions. Uh, We'll be talking about that game. We'll also welcome in Lyndon Ostrander uh, from the Tampa Tribune to talk about a little recruiting later in the show. Um, Indiana has a game at noon on the road, first road Big Ten game of the year. A game will be televised on ESPN2, uh, so make sure that you have your uh, your setup ready to go. Uh, TJ, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks, uh, thanks again for having me on. I know I'm the co-host and obligated, but still, it's always a pleasure to talk football. Um, looking forward to what should be a very, very interesting game. Um, for IU, I, I know that we talked some on Monday about the kind of the need for IU to just mentally get past the Ohio State game. Kevin Wilson has talked about it some this week, just about this being a week where you have to continue that physical and mental preparation and just continue to operate at a high level because you need to do that every week. It can't be just about oh, that was the Ohio State game, now this is kind of a another week for us. It needs to be, every week needs to be done at a high level of execution. And in the past, IU teams have been unable to do that. Um, you know, the, the players will hear all week about, oh, you know, great game, guys. You know, you, you really played well. It was great to watch. The things that they're going to hear around campus they've got to be able to put that past them and know to succeed in the Big Ten, you've got to compete every week, and that includes practice, that includes film study, all that stuff. And I know I sound kind of like a coach right now, but um, that is what's going to be required, and it's going to be interesting to see if IU as a program has been able to grow from what we saw last year, which was, you know, Indiana plays very well, gets an upset victory, and then gets thrilled by Maryland. So it's going to be very interesting for me just to see that play out on the field. And then the matchups that are on the field should be very interesting, plus there's some injury intrigue that we're going to talk about as well. So a lot of very interesting things uh, to to discuss. Yeah, immediately after that loss to to Ohio State, uh, Kevin Wilson threw out the word that he's been throwing around uh, for years in the past was consistency, and he needs a, and he thinks this is his most consistent team. And it's a word that he hasn't really thrown around this year as much as in the past, but um, he broke it out uh, this week saying the team needs to be uh, consistent, uh, basically even-keeled coming into the game so that 
you know, they weren't drained by last week's loss. So it will be an intriguing game, uh, to say the least. It's definitely a winnable game. Uh, Penn State hasn't lit the world on fire uh, with their play this year. Uh, their season opener was a disaster. Uh, Temple has a very good defense, but they let up 10 sacks um, in week one and lost. And I, TJ, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they got a, a third down conversion uh, from the – after the first quarter. Yes, that's correct. The, the first week against Temple, um, major, major red flags. You know, the big questions coming into the season for Penn State were, okay, we know our defense is going to be good, and we know that we we have some weapons on offense. The big questions were going to be, has our scheme improved enough to where we can make some things happen and has our offensive line improved enough to where we can allow those weapons to make plays. Uh, and the answer in week one was a very emphatic no. Uh, the offensive line was was a disaster. Uh, the offense struggled to get anything going after the things really fell apart for them. And, and Temple, uh, Temple embarrassed them. Uh, it was a, it was a major, major loss for Penn state. They've responded since then. They've won four games in a row uh, all of them at home, but uh, part of that, part of that has been the competition that they've played has not been the strongest, um, and, and part of it has been some uneven performances. But for the most part, it's been the defense that has continued to to carry the day for this team. Um, make no mistake, this is a, a very, very good defense. I don't know if it's elite and that kind of, you know, it's that dumb question about, you know, the one you always hear thrown out is Joe Flacco an elite quarterback that gets debated on ESPN and stupid hot take things like that. This is a very good defense. It just depends on where you where you want to rank them. But right now, as a unit, um, you know, they're ranked 16th, so they're, they're a top 20 defense. I think that's fair to say. Uh, and Indiana's going to have going to have their hands full moving that ball. Last week against Army, Penn's players, you know, they do have some injury concerns of their own, uh, but they they struggled to put Army away, and they have struggled to put San Diego State away. They struggled to put Buffalo away. Uh, they did not struggle to put Rutgers away. That was the one game that they really showed um, showed the best version of themselves, I think. They were efficient on offense. They were dominant on defense. And I think that that was kind of the best version of Penn State that we've seen so far. Uh, if they play like they did against Rutgers, it's going to be difficult for Indiana to to get a win at Penn State. But if they play like they did last week against Army, then I, I think Indiana has to feel good about their chances. So some, I think consistency is something that Penn State is looking for as well. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, you know, opinions vary on Christian Hackenberg, but uh, and we know that the offensive line has struggled, and then whenever your offensive line struggles as a quarterback, it makes things very hard on you. But um, what do you think about Christian Hackenberg as he goes up against this young IU secondary? Well, I think it all comes down to how they play up front. You know, they – he didn't light the world on fire last year at IU either, um, you know, against a secondary that wasn't, you know, great. So, you know, I, I don't know, 
you throw that word talented. He was a talented quarterback at, coming out of high school. He was very highly recruited. He was highly rated, but it hasn't manifested itself on the field yet. And he coming into this year, he was talked about being a first round draft pick and all that stuff. And oh, it's it's not on him. It's on the line. Well, you know, some of it has to. You know, he's going to have some accountability there. You know, he's been awful. Um, I'm not sure of his stats off the top of my head. Uh, right now, I'll, I'll look him up real quickly, but um, he he's frustrated. It looks like he's frustrated. He's yelling at people on the sidelines. Um, mm-hmm. He's every time I look at his stats, it's he's thrown for 150 yards. He hasn't had that big game yet, so it's definitely going to be a challenge for IU. But it's going to come up to how this defensive front uh, plays against. Uh, Penn State's offensive line, and if I, if Penn State gives him time, I I think maybe he um, he picks him apart. But I don't know because he hasn't had steady blocking, and he's just been you know rushing throws, throwing the ball away, basically scrambling for his life, and that might be a mental issue now. He might not have confidence in that offensive line, and is you know that clock in your head as a quarterback of oh blank, I got to throw it now is it could become permanent. So that that's my thoughts on Hackenberg. I, I I don't see I think he you know, he's this year he's thrown for eight hundred and twenty four yards, five touchdowns and two picks. So he's he's only thrown the ball hundred and twenty five times um in five games. Uh he's completing fifty two point eight percent of his passes. I and he's been sacked fifteen times. And that's including the ten in the first week. So, you know, you can't really you know, say that's spread out. So maybe they they solve some issues up front. Uh, but he he's thrown for over 200 yards once, and that was against San Diego State. Uh, you mentioned on Monday that the games the, the weather hasn't been great. But if you're going to be a first round pick in the NFL draft and a, and a top 10 pick, weather shouldn't affect you. Um, you know, if it rains a little bit, it shouldn't, you know, affect you. So he's thrown the ball at most 35 times. He's sitting right around that, that 20 to 25 range mark. So I think they're taking the ball out of his hands a little bit. Yeah, no, I think those are all fair points. Um, a couple of things that have stood out to me when watching Penn State, and I have seen quite a bit uh, of them so far this year, uh, They they don't, really appear to be too keen on stretching the field, which is kind of odd. They have a lot of talent at wide receiver. Uh, the names that jump out at you, Deshaun Hamilton, Chris Godwin, uh, Saeed Blacknall, even DeAndre Hopkins, a slot guy that's dangerous. They have a lot of talent and speed at wide receiver. They don't appear to really want to take too many shots down the field. Against Army, they threw deep twice. Uh, Both times were complete, and those two completions accounted for over half of Christian Hackenberg's production on the day. Uh, I think that he throws a pretty good deep ball, and and they've got the talented wide receiver. I'm surprised that they don't take more chances down the field, and part of that is probably going to come down to they don't trust the offensive line to block long enough to to take a lot of chances downfield. So uh, I think that the frustration – uh, that we have seen from Hackenberg at times on the sideline uh, is partially due to that. I think he does feel not going to be a psychologist or anything, but it looks as if he feels a bit frustrated either by his lack of production or by the handcuffs that appear to be put on him in this offense. Um, you know, the offense overall, they're they're 12th in the league in, in rushing, passing, and scoring offense. 
and in total it puts them dead last in the conference. I don't think that they have the worst offense in the conference. I think there are a couple that are um, that would be considered worse. I, I mean, I Maryland and, and uh, Minnesota, just off the top of my head, have definitely less weapons and less talent on offense than Penn State does. I know a lot of Penn State fans are not happy with the play calling of offensive coordinator John Donovan. Um, there's been some questions by the media, uh, particularly this week, about the play calling, uh, the questions directed to James Franklin. He, you know, he's a very positive, at least publicly, he's a very positive guy that um, that kind of spins it as, hey, we trust our defense, we really trust our defense, so we're not going to take take chances on offense and, you know, we're 4-1 and one, and he's pointing out the record as the look, it's working type thing. I think privately, um, privately I think he is definitely frustrated and he's expressed this a tad bit. It's seeped through his positivity some that the offense isn't clicking in a way that it needs to for them to uh, contending against some of the better teams. So it's going to be very interesting to see you know, I mentioned the injuries that they have. Uh, those are at tailback, and they do have an injury at their, uh, their center as well, Manjiro. Um, it doesn't appear that he's going to play on Saturday, but they're two running backs, Akeel Lynch, Saquon Barkley. You know, Barkley is averaging almost nine yards a carry on um, something like, I, I think he's got around 42 to 45, something like that carries. He's He's basically an even split with Akeel Lynch, and I think he might have pulled ahead of him before the injuries to both of them uh, two weeks ago against San Diego State. Neither one of them played against Army, which is part of why that game was so close. Um, Barkley is a guy that's a true freshman, uh, very explosive, I think probably the most dangerous part of their offense. Um, If those two are out, I think that IU has to feel really good about their ability to not stop the running game, but at the very least limit it to small plays. And an interesting stat that I saw uh, pointed out on the Penn State blog, blackshoediaries.com, Penn State has not had a touchdown drive that did not feature an explosive play, uh, which is defined as as a play of over 25 yards. They've not had one of those since 2013. So what that points out is when they do not have a big play during a drive, they struggle to keep the drive going to the point where they score a touchdown. So that means they're unable to sustain by just kind of nickel and diming your way down the field with five to ten-yard gains. Um, They need a big play to keep things going. So if you can limit the big plays and force Penn State to continually make progress on offense, basically recent history shows eventually they're going to peter out by having a negative play, having a false start, having a holding penalty, having a couple of incomplete passes. Something is going to get them off schedule on offense enough that over the the course of an entire drive, they're going to falter and have to punt or turn the ball over. Uh, One thing that the offense is pretty good at is turnovers. Just like IU, they've done a good job on turnover margin. Both teams are in the top ten. So that could be something to watch for. Are you know Indiana and Penn State both have defenses that so far have done a nice job of taking the ball away. They both have offenses that so far have done a good job of keeping the ball. 
and not turning it over. So which one of those four units is going to going to see that streak break? Um, and that that could play a large part in deciding this game. One potential guy to watch on offense for Penn State is Brandon Polk. He's a freshman, kind of a I don't want to call him an H-back. That's not what he plays. I guess he's a wide receiver. Uh, but they really used him on jet sweeps, and he's exploded for a couple of big plays uh, this season. Uh, when they have gotten him the ball, he's looked pretty good. I, I think that they might try to figure out a way to get the ball more to him on offense. But like you said, the key is going to be getting pressure onto Hackenberg. So it, it would be really nice to see Indiana – um, we saw it against Wake Forest, saw it some against Ohio State. They did get some pressure on Cardell Jones. He's just really hard to bring down. Uh, he's so big and fairly elusive in the pocket. The Hackenberg is not that. Um, not very elusive, not very mobile. If you get back to him, he's more likely to just kind of turtle up and, and fall over before he gets hit hard, which is probably smart. Um, but, you know, the guys like Nick Mangieri, um, T. Gray Scales, anybody else that the Hoosiers send on a blitz, or even if they can get pressure just against Penn State's porous offensive line with just the front uh, defensive line guys without having to blitz, that'd be even better. So getting pressure on Hackenberg is going to be a key, limiting the running game, preventing those big plays, and forcing Penn State to kind of uh, – move the ball down the field gradually, force them to have extended drives and prove that they can do it. I think that that would definitely key for the Indiana uh, defense. And then, you know, don't help their offense get into rhythm by committing penalties. Don't have offsides. Don't have uh, face masks or, you know, unnecessary pass interference penalties. The defense for IU has been pretty good recently about not committing penalties. Um, So just, Continuing to do that, I think you want to force Penn State's offense to beat you. You don't want to give them any help. Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, going back to last year's game where Penn State managed 13 points and, and one of them was a 92-yard uh, run by Bill Belton, it was, you mm-hmm. know, IU kept them in check, and, and that's exactly what you're talking about is that if they don't get that big play, they're not going to score uh, touchdowns. And, and you could hold them to field goals to where – if uh, Sudfeld and Howard are playing, maybe the IU offense can generate more points. So it, it'll definitely be interesting to see um, injury-wise who plays, who doesn't, and how this Penn State offensive line can, can block what is the strength of the IU defense in, in this front seven. Yes. Yeah, and I, you know, if we're moving over to the other side of the ball, I think you look at the strength of Penn State's team is definitely – uh, definitely the defense, if they do have a bit of a vulnerability, and it's not that, it's not a weak spot for them, but it's the weaker of the two spots, uh, it would be run defense. Uh, they've been able to, to be run on a tad bit. Um, it would be very helpful for Indiana to have Jordan Howard available for this game because Penn State's secondary so far is a uh, top ten pass defense, and that part of that is due to the fact that they really haven't played anybody uh, that passes the ball all that well. Army certainly doesn't even try. They only threw two times during the game last Saturday. Um, yeah, that'll skew but, statistics a little bit. Yeah. yeah, it definitely does, especially with the small sample size that we're still working with. 
um, you know, you're only five games in and, and one of them against a team that just flat out doesn't try to throw. So, but, but still, this is a good secondary. They have a good set of safeties. They've got some really good corners, and they've got a good pass rush. Um, Carl Nassib right now has eight sacks. Uh, he's a game record that I just got to be careful with, and he's probably going to be going normally up against uh, up against the left side there, Jason Spriggs. So Spriggs will have to be on his game. Um, they've got a good linebacker core, as they always do. It doesn't really matter who leaves, who gets injured, whatever the case, plug them in, and they've they've got a really good defensive scheme that allows their linebackers to succeed. Uh, and then Anthony Zettel and Austin Johnson in the middle are probably, you know, you could nitpick here and there, but I think that those are probably the best defensive tackle you know, interior lineman duo in the Big Ten and one of the better ones in the country. Um, so overall, you know, it's the defense. So like I said, it's a top 20 defense. They're giving up less than 17 points a game. It's like 15.8, I think. Um and it's it's going to be a, a hostile atmosphere, over 100,000 people there. You know, there's a reason IU has never won, and it's because Penn State typically is a very tough place to play, and IU just has usually not been as talented as Penn State. So, you know, that makes it very difficult to go there and win. But, um, I, you know, I, I put in my primer that just went out a little bit ago. Um, you know, the last time that IU was at, at State College was 2012. Um, that game doesn't, number one, most of the players on this roster weren't even there or didn't factor into the game. And number two, it doesn't matter to this current group, or it shouldn't anyway. You know, that streak of being winless in State College, that's that's important for me, that's important for you, that's important for the fans, uh, because winning there would be a huge deal. And we, we understand that. And it would be a big deal for the team and for the program as well. But for this current team, it should just be about we're playing a road game against a good team with a chance to go five and one. It, you know that what mattered in IU's previous trips to State College should not factor into the minds of the players, and they shouldn't, even though they'll hear the stat any time this game is talked about that IU's never won in you know Beaver Stadium, IU's never won in, at Penn State. And that's true, but it should not matter for this current iteration of Hoosiers. Exactly, and and that that game, you know, it was so long ago, and you, the, the turnover was so much. You're right, and where you can't really um, take anything from it, other than that maybe there's some older guys, some seniors who have played, who were there, who could tell these young guys about what to expect with the atmosphere, because. You know, some mm-hmm. of these freshmen have never played in front of 100,000 people before. Yeah, they had a road trip to uh, Wake Forest, but that stadium holds 31,500 people. So, you know, the the best you could do is say, hey, they're it's going to be loud. I'm sure they brought out the noise machines uh, for practice. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll see. You're right. It, it, that game, you can't get stuck in the past. Yeah, you can learn from the past, but this team is 4-1. and one. It's something, you know, that I use right where they should be um, to a lot of people. And you got to look at it as you're 0-0 going into Penn State for your first Big Ten road game, and, and you want to come out 1-0. And then you start all over again next week, which has been the, the mantra of, of Kevin Wilson all year. Um, TJ, you've watched Penn State more than I have. Is there anything else uh, IU fans need to know? Well, um, 
yeah, the guys that I mentioned on, at wide receiver, I think they do, you know, their passing stats wouldn't indicate it. But uh, I do think that this is a very talented group of wide receivers that have the potential, and we haven't seen it very much this year, but they do have the potential to make big plays. I think the tackling in the secondary is going to be going to be important uh, since Penn State, for whatever reason, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's been the weather, whether it is just the philosophy of the coaching staff, they have not thrown the ball deep very often. So their big plays have usually come from broken tackles. So, you know, guys will catch short or intermediate passes and are able to use their speed and athleticism or bad tackling, one of the two, into that next level and make a big play. Or it's been running, um, you know, big plays that IU allowed last week against Ezekiel Elliott, while Penn State certainly doesn't have any running backs that are Ezekiel Elliott, they do have uh, some guys that have some talent. So, you know, this is an offense that, while the stats don't look good, they do have players that are capable of making big plays. So preventing those is going to be key. Um, Another thing that I'll I'll point out, um, you know, Penn State is converting on only 30% of third downs. That's the worst right now in the Big Ten. Uh, It's something that James Franklin talked about this week. He talked about uh, needing to have better protection and needing to put themselves into better situations on third down. So that would mean, you know, instead of third medium to long, being third and short. Every coach talks about that, staying on schedule, yada, yada. Uh, And then also the receivers doing a better job of getting some separation on the routes. So that third down number is going to be key. Indiana did a great job with that against Ohio State, uh, really held the Buckeyes down on third down, and did a pretty good job with it against Wake Forest as well. So um, I think that it's, it's going to be a key thing here as well, forcing Penn State to punt, which, by the way, their special teams unit has not been very good this year. Uh, they have not punted the ball very well at all. Uh, they do have a kicker by the name of Joey Julius that is uh, he's large. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a big oh, Yeah, fella. I was watching a Buffalo game. I was like, yeah. wow, that guy's huge. Yeah, he's a he's a big fella, but uh, their their punter, um, they've tried two different punters, and neither one of them have worked out particularly well. Not sure which one of them is going to give it a go this week, but uh, and then last. You know, forecast-wise, every game that they've had at State College this year, uh, it has rained. It has looked gray and miserable, and, you know, it's grass there, so it looked pretty slow. Just uh, on TV, it has not looked all that great. But this Saturday, as of now, the projection is about 60 degrees and mostly sunny. So, um, you know, it looks like they will finally have some good weather for a football game there, which... I would expect a raucous crowd. It's homecoming for Penn State. This is this is a tall task for Indiana. But like you said, I've seen a lot of these guys um, that Indiana should feel fairly confident that at the very least, if they play well, they can win this game. I think that this is a, a case where if Penn State and IU both play their A games, I think that Penn State might be a little bit better, but with all the injuries 
uh, and the fact that Penn State has struggled with consistency so far this year. Their offense has yet to look good for an entire game. Um, you know, with a couple breaks here and there, Indiana could very easily pick up their – not easily, but you could definitely see scenarios where Indiana picks up their, their fifth win of the season. So it's going to be really, really interesting. And it's hard to evaluate this game because of the uncertainty surrounding Darius Latham's suspension. We don't know about him yet. Uh because of the uncertainty with Sudfeld and, and Howard, you know, I, I think that most people have confidence in Xander Diamant, but still, you know, Penn State saw him last year and he did look much improved, but they shut down the Diamant led offense and he only got only seven points. So he won't be a total unknown to them. Uh, you know, Jordan Howard's injury, there's there's just so much uncertainty with IU, there's so much with Barkley and Akeel Lynch, not knowing what they're going to do. They also have a safety, uh, Lucas, that may or may not play. So uh, both coaches best, which I don't blame them for at all. It just leaves us in the dark as far as what to expect from this game. I, I do expect Indiana to play well. I expect them to – I don't expect a similar performance to what we saw against Maryland where it really looked like IU had spent the week – kind of soaking in the victory over Missouri. I don't expect that this week. I think that IU is going to come out and have another good performance because uh, I, I think that this program has grown uh, since last year, and I think we'll see that on Saturday. As far as the result, if I had to pick, history tells you Penn State, but I have a good feeling that the Hoosiers are going to play well on Saturday. Yeah, and you know, it seems like this year, uh being four and one that they haven't had that you know, they've been more consistent going game to game. They had a close yeah. you know, the close victory to start the year. Then they played a little bit better against FIU, then they played a little bit better against Western Kentucky, then they played a lot better against Wake Forest, and then mm-hmm. aside from a few big plays, they played very well against Ohio State. And yeah, there's things to clean up and if they do and and come out and play better against Penn State, they should come away with a win. And, you know, Penn State, is it going to be one of these games where if IU scores early, it kind of takes the crowd out of the game and goes up, here we go again? Much like IU in the past where they'd be up, and you saw it a little bit in the Ohio State game where Ohio State started to open that lead a little bit more and the stadium got quiet. Now, um much credit to the fans who who got back in that game. But, you know, Penn State's been frustrated all year. You've said it before that they're frustrated with the offensive coordinator. They're frustrated with Franklin. And if IU maybe gets out to a two-score lead, where whether it's 10 nothing like last week or 14 nothing, that takes out the crowd out of the game. It starts turning, you know, it becomes basically, uh, you know, it starts eating at Penn State a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely see that. Um, you could hear some groaning uh, if, you know, play calling is a bit conservative, especially, you know, I noticed uh, at times this season there will be a a third and eight or something like that, and they'll run, you know, Penn State will, it'll be around midfield like a third and eight. I don't, can't remember any specific examples, but they'll run like an inside draw play or something. um, And you're wondering, like, you've got, Christian Hackenberg, who most experts that are smarter at football than I am think that he is an NFL quarterback in the future. 
whether he's first round talent or whatnot, most guys think that, yeah, he's a future starter in the NFL. You've got him, you've got these talented wide receivers that all of the guys that are playing now at wide receiver are former four star recruits and you're you're not throwing the ball on third and eight for midfield. You're just content to run a zone and and punt the ball and hope to get hope to pin your opponent in bad field position. I you know there's quite a few instances like that, and I, if, I will say this. The line in this game opened up at Penn State favored by eight, and pretty much every reaction that I saw from Penn State fans on whether it was Twitter, whether it was uh, Penn State fan websites, or whether it was uh, beat writers for Penn State, every one of them said, wow, eight seems pretty high for a Penn State team that has struggled to score points. Um, their fans are not, I would definitely say they're not overconfident in their ability to blow Indiana out. So I think most are expecting a really good game on Saturday. Yeah, and it should be a good game. Hopefully the, the weather stays dry, just not for selfish reasons because it's a long drive. But just because – you know, we've seen two wet games in a row, and, and it's kind of taken the uh, explosiveness out of the IU offense. And, and mm-hmm. you really get a true test if it's a, a dry track. Um, so it'll be very interesting. Um, a little injury update, or not updates, but uh, Nate Sudfeld and Jordan Howard, Wilson said they were dressed uh, at practice yesterday on his teleconference. What that means is that, you know, to me, inside my head, it meant that they weren't naked at practice, just based on what <laughs> <laughs> what Kevin Wilson's uh, past is. But uh, they were dressed. Uh, their level of participation is unknown. Uh, but mm. it's a good sign that they are dressed. Uh, I, I still think it's going to be a game-time decision. Um, Darius Latham is probably going to be a game-time decision again. Uh, so we'll see, mm-hmm. uh, even if – you know, if he makes a trip or not, um, who knows? He was on the sideline last week. Uh, he was at warm-ups, but he was in sweats and a sweatshirt. So, yeah, we'll see. IU needs these two guys to be healthy. Um, you know, personally, I think if they're not 100%, I wouldn't play them. You have a much bigger uh, – there's a bigger picture here. And if they get hurt again and are out for a couple of weeks, you kind of put that big picture at risk. Now, it is a winnable sure. game. If they're 100%, go ahead, play them, uh, whatever. But if they're at 75% or below, maybe 80% or below, I might think about holding them out. you got Rutgers next week, who apparently is getting Laurente Carew back since all those charges were dropped um, sometime last night, according to the Daily News or the New York Post, whichever newspaper mm-hmm. I was reading to try and forget about the Yankee game last night. Uh, which I shouldn't read a New York paper for that anyway. So, um, but he, he should be back. So there is a bigger picture here. We'll see if they play. Uh, they'll most likely make the trip, and and uh, it should be a game time decision. Yeah, one one further injury that we should mention uh, to Indiana tight end Danny Friend. Right, uh, he uh, is out for at least a. Uh, for a while, uh, Wilson said he could be back by the end of the season. He did have a torn quad muscle. It, it wasn't a knee injury. It was a torn quad uh, that required surgery. So he's out for a while. Wilson alluded that he might 
be able to get a medical red shirt, uh, but he also might be available there at the end of the season. That's a big loss because Danny Friend has been one of their better tight ends of the year. Uh, you know, it, it, we saw it in Wake Forest as soon as he went out, Fuchs came in and uh, committed a holding penalty, and Jordan Fuchs also last week had a big false start penalty down in the red zone on that final drive. So um, we'll see that that might be a big loss blocking wise. And it could be a reason that that run game struggled because he's kind of like a, a six offensive lineman there. He does have some skills uh, catching a ball, uh, but he is a very, very good blocker. So we'll see mm-hmm. uh, how that affects the IU run game. Yeah, I think they, you're going to need to see Michael Cooper uh, step up. Anthony Corsaro is already having a, a great year, so I, I don't think we'll see his role switch much because what he's being used for is very successful at the moment. Um, but I do think that Michael Cooper is going to have to step up a little as a blocker. And, uh, yeah, Jordan Fuchs, he's, he's got to be a bigger factor. He just does. Uh, so far, it has been a disappointing season for him. Yeah, he is. I think he has one catch for nine yards. He's committed several big penalties. Uh, he had a drop in the end zone last week, and he's, you know, he, he has the size, and, and it looks like he has the ability to become one of those uh, weapons at tight end you see that have been very effective uh, for other teams, uh, both in the NFL and 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 in college. Um, you're right, Anthony Katar is having a terrific season. Um, how he doesn't run blocking, he's a little on the small side for that, uh, but he's had a terrific season in the past game, and he made. He had the long play where I think he was surprised at how wide open he was. Um, yeah. And then he had a great catch along the sideline there. So he, he's been good, but yeah, uh, Fuchs and Michael Cooper have to step up. Cooper's had a decent season. He, he's come up with some big catches, but um, he's going to need to fill the shoes of Danny Friend. Uh, in, in, we'll talk a little bit about special teams here before we bring uh, Lyndon on here in a few minutes, TJ. Uh, special teams, you mentioned it a little early before that Penn State kind of struggles there. Um, IU, I think, if they could, if Penn State could kick it into the end zone and IU could take a knee, I think that's the best thing that could happen for uh, Indiana's kick return team. Uh, the punt uh, game, uh, it, it's something that needs to change. Maybe they they bring in Joseph Gideon and, and see what he has, but Eric Toth has struggled. Um, and who knows what the wind at, at, at Happy Valley is going to be. So, you know, what, what's the matchup in special teams you're looking forward to? Well, yeah, I I think that you said it correctly. If if I, you can get a touchback out of the kickoff situation um, or the kickoff uh, when Penn State does, which hopefully they don't kick off much to IU, we're hoping. Um, but if they can get a touchback out of those plays, that would be considered a victory. I'm not looking forward to seeing any more kick returns because so far they've been bad at best is what I will say. Um, the coverage units have been very good on both sides, uh, kickoff and punt return coverage. I think that, that has been, that's been a plus. Toast does need to do a better job. Um, and we talked about it some on Monday, um, helping out his coverage with, you know, more hang time or just making it more difficult for the fielder to, for the, the prime returner to, uh, to make a play on the ball by, you know, kicking a little bit more line drive if the situation calls for it, if the wind calls for it. Um, but 
he he does need to be better, or they need to try out Gideon. One of the two. I, I think they'll stick with Toast for now. Um, hopefully, we have no shanked punt this week. Penn State had one last week. IU had one last week. So, I think that probably what I'm looking forward to seeing most is whether or not Indiana can take advantage of Penn State's uh, poor punters. At least they've been poor so far. So, seeing whether or not Indiana can take advantage of it. Because, one, it would mean that IU has, has forced a punt, and I'd like to see lots of that. And, two, we've seen IU at least make one big play in punt return. So, and, and the other, I mean, Mitchell Page hasn't made any mistakes either. So I, I've been pleased by that, and I, I just hope to see a tad bit of progress in kick return. I, I don't know what to expect out of that anymore as far as who's going to handle it. They've tried a lot of different guys there. None of it's worked which leads me to believe there's a problem, you know, with the with the blockers. Because uh, if multiple return guys all have pretty much the same result, you're left with, well, it must be the blocking. So, uh, you know, plus one thing that, and you bringing up kick return made me think of this. You know, Ricky Brookins, we don't know his status for this game either, do we? Uh, no. I, I see Wilson never really mentioned it at um, – at the press conference on Monday. I believe he's on the depth chart. If you take the depth chart for what it is, um, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't believe a word that's on there. Um, But we'll see. Uh, He is, Ricky Brookins is listed as third on the kick return team uh, behind Devontae Williams and Damon Graham, which leads me to believe that he's iffy for the game. Um, Yeah. So we'll, well see. Without him, uh, well, without him, you're left with. Uh, let's say that Howard can't play, um, which, guessing, and and we don't have any inside information on this. Nobody appears to. IU is is rightfully so being very very, uh, very close with with this information, and maybe they don't know either. But you know, I, let's say that uh, Howard doesn't play, and let's say Brookins doesn't play. Well, that leaves you with. Divine Redding, who also was a tad bit banged up in the second half of that Ohio State game. I think he's 100% for the Penn State game, but um, leaves you with him. And then after that, you know, Wilson mentioned Alex Rodriguez, Andrew Wilson, and Mike Majette has apparently been doing some work at running back as well. That's that's not great, especially for a team that might not have its starting quarterback. So um, that's that is not ideal heading into the the meat of your Big Ten schedule. Yeah, the depth is going to be an issue. You saw it last week where uh, Brookins went down, and, and you saw Andrew Wilson, who um, looked to fill in, in admirably um, for Howard. Uh, Redding is Redding's okay. He, he could fill in, but you know, giving him the ball 30 times again might not be the best idea, and especially uh, if no. Sudfeld's not in there. Uh, which I do think Xander will help out in the running game a little bit. It'll give you a threat on the ground. Uh, you saw it with yeah. the 79-yard uh, touchdown run. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see. It'll be, you know, I'll, I'll be down there uh, in Happy Valley. We'll, you know, see who comes out dressed for warm-ups. Another guy who had been missing is uh, Devontae Williams. He was dressed last week for warm-ups, go-through drills. Uh, so I think he's progressing uh better it looks like he did I don't think he made the trip to Wake Forest um 
And so being dressed the next week is a good sign, and we'll see if he comes back because they could use his explosiveness on um, mm-hmm. on kick return, and uh, it gives them a little bit more uh, depth there at corner. Uh, TJ, we're going to bring in Lyndon uh, right now. Uh, hopefully he's joining uh, joining the Florida Sunshine. Uh, Lyndon, how are you? Welcome back to the show. Good. It's been a while. Um, doing all right over here. I'm sure you guys are – you know, doing pretty good after seeing Indiana put up such a good fight, come so close to beating the number one team in the nation. So, I'm sure you guys are doing all right? Yeah, we're doing okay. Season's kind of going by uh, very quickly, and uh, we kind of needed to slow down a little bit. Otherwise, we'll get back into the uh, – there's 200-and-something days till kickoff mode, <laughs> which is very uh, not great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what's up, guys? So, well, we Lyndon, wanted to bring uh, you on. Uh, wanted to bring you on to talk about uh, some of the some of the IU targets and uh, how they're progressing so far in this in this 2015 season. Plus, I, I wanted to ask you about how you thought the uh, perception of the IU program could have been maybe positively impacted by having as much exposure as they did last week on national TV. Well, yeah, I'll start with that one. You know, for sure. I mean, they mentioned in the broadcast, you know, how well Indiana's done in recruiting. Um, and to see, you know, Jonathan Crawford come from this area and have such a big impact. Um, and then to see, you know, Indiana put up such a, um, a good performance um, that they did. I mean, Key Wetzel, one of your top target down here, he went on Twitter and said he was really impressed with Indiana's performance. Um, so that was a big deal. You know, he's a high three-star athlete that – can make a difference for you guys. So when you have guys like that making comments on Twitter, obviously people are noticing. Um, so um, when, you, when you almost beat the number one team in the nation, you know, it gives your you know program a lot of confidence. Um, so I think it's a good uh, first step. It, it, it is a, <laughs> yeah, it's a, a key, a key year for Wilson. Are, are a lot of these guys just waiting to see what happens with the year? And I use four and one. They need two more wins uh, for a bowl game. Mm-hmm. If they go to a bowl game and he gets a, a contract extension. Are you going to see more guys kind of leaning towards IU uh, pull the trigger and commit? Sure. I mean, you know, especially they can get seven, eight wins, you know, or, you know, have a chance to make a bowl game. Um, I think a lot of these kids right now um, are the ones that are waiting for that big offer and seeing if, seeing if that's going to, seeing if that's going to come through. And if it doesn't, you know, maybe they go with Indiana. It just depends on the situation, but a lot of those, you know, two to three stars, even those low four stars, um, if they don't get a bigger offer, and they they see Indiana putting up all these wins and doing well. They're gonna you know they're gonna think about committing and taking official visits. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Um, so, so who are some of the guys that IU uh, now has? Um, you know, we saw Craig Watts commit to Colorado. Who's you know IU have uh, yeah. is the front runner for? Well, I mean, I'll just tell you some guys that are doing well. And then I'll probably get into that, but you know Matt Landers, he's a six foot five receiver down here. He's top five in the state for receiving yards. He's scored nine TDs on eighteen catches, so that's fifty percent of the time he touches the ball. <laughs> and he, yeah, he's pretty incredible to watch. Um, obviously, you know I think maybe you got a shot with Craig Watts. I mean maybe you know come signing day he flips it. I mean they were the first school to offer him. Um, CJ Cotman, I mean that's a big a four star athlete. I'm sure you guys have heard of. Um, that, that can make a difference for you guys. Um, I think I think the big one, to be honest, maybe the the, the number one guy is Darius Lemons. Um, I can't say enough about him, and um, I'm sure I'm sure you've seen that he's gotten offers from 
UCLA, Mississippi State, Ohio State, and Michigan in the last 14 days alone. So um, when you have a 6-2 running back with his kind of intangibles, he's a special player. Um, and he's gonna, he'll, he'll have 40 Division One offers by the time it's all said and done. Um, he's just a major impact player. Um, looking down the list here, Kane Taylor, that's another guy, another guy you guys haven't offered, but it, at every college I talk to, they want him. They think he's an animal defensively, um, can play fullback, tight end, defensive line, uh, defensive end, middle linebacker. Um, another, another one I was going to mention is uh, Jaquez Jones. I think Indiana's pretty close on pulling the trigger on him. He's a slot receiver at a Clearwater electric, um, already has seven touchdowns, almost 500 yards receiving. Um, just his yard jack to the catch ability is really supreme. Um, and uh, just going down the list here, um, Jordan Scott could be a big defensive lineman for the 2017 for you guys. Um, and then obviously Key Wetzel for this senior class. I mean, I think he, he could be the a big get for you guys and under the radar kind of talent that uh, these, some of these bigger programs are missing on and that you guys could scoop up. And he went on Twitter and said he liked you guys a lot, so that's got just got to bode well for your for your future with him. Um, so those are just some yeah, of the guys. It, yeah, and, and it's awesome now. IU's been playing well. They're on better, uh, you know, TV slots. Or they're on ESPN two this weekend at noon against Penn State. Mm-hmm. How how far would it go for uh, in recruiting wise for IU to knock off a team like Penn State on the road? It's some place that they've never won before. Well, I think it'd be big. I think they're what four and one right now, Indiana. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you beat a team like Penn State, you know, a nationally known team, you know, that boosts your confidence when they almost beat Ohio State. So people are starting to realize, you know, Indiana and who they are. Um, and, you know, a couple weeks ago, people were noticing USF when they barely beat, almost beat Florida State, but then they've kind of struggled. Indiana's kind of kept; they've been consistent the last four weeks. They've been beating teams. They almost beat Ohio State. So people are noticing them. You beat a Penn State, you give Michigan State a fight, Michigan a fight, you know, all of a sudden recruits are like, who's this team? And they, they start looking at you guys really seriously. Um, so. All right. Well, and then is, the, is, the overall, is the overall profile of the Big Ten, um, is it kind of being raised here in the state of Florida over the past, oh, I don't yes. know, six months or so? Oh, yes. You know, to be honest, I don't mean to mention the, the arch enemy Michigan, but, you know, Jim Harbaugh, he comes down here for a satellite camp. Um, a lot of people were talking about Michigan. Um, everyone knows who Ohio State is. They've offered, you know, C.J. Cotman and their, Darius Lemons down here. So they're known down here. And obviously you guys have offered a lot of kids. I mean, the other kid I was going to mention is Jeremiah Zio, six foot six defensive end. He's playing phenomenal that you guys have offered. But, I mean, Indiana's offered 10 to 15 different guys in just the last couple months alone. Um, and they're all high-profile recruiting. You got you guys know talent, um, and I think that people um, down here, the kids especially, are noticing how well Indiana is doing, and how they're they're usually that school that kind of offers them first. Indiana does a good job of offering that kid when he's a sophomore, junior, getting his attention early, and you know kids really like when they're offered first. It makes them feel wanted. They always remember that first offer. So Indiana does a good job. They I, I see them at games all the time. They they come and um, visit. So. Uh, you guys do a great job, no doubt about it, and you guys are known. Great. All right. Thank you very uh, much, Lyndon. We have, Lyndon, uh, one thing before I let you go, Donovan Hale has yes. been used on uh, kickoffs. You said he's a terrific athlete. Uh, he had some yes. trouble uh, fielding a ball uh, a little bit. Ha- had he returned kicks in high school? Is this something that's new to him? Um, I, I and how do you think he, he might adjust to it? 
Well, you know, I, I, I was here. I've been here for about a year and a half, and last year he just played quarterback. He didn't really return kicks at all. Um, that was he was just mainly quarterback. So I don't know if he's if he's used to doing that. I think he's just doing that because they're putting him there because he's an athlete and he can make plays. But um, he's got great hands. He should adjust. I'm surprised he dropped a couple of those. Um, just a phenomenal well, athlete that has good range. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, it was, it was very windy and wet, so that you know might have played into a factor on that. But both of your guys, you know, Jonathan Crawford and Donovan Hale, are getting significant playing time and have really stepped up to the task. So, you know, you make us look smart when you come on and and mention them. Well, and and then last thing, you know, about that high school, you you know, Brandon Drayton, he's a high three-star, Dakari Allen, um, and then Benji Wright, he leads the nation in punt return yards right now with 43 yards of return. So Largo's got some – that's like DB high over there. That's what we call them. They've got a lot of DBs that can make an impact. Um, and one more name I want to mention that's kind of out of the area, but he just became a four-star. His name is KJ Sales. You guys have offered him. I would go all in on that guy. That guy is the real deal for a defensive back. So those are just some of the names. But, yeah, Largo's got a lot of tradition over there and could definitely help your program. All right. Thanks, Lyndon. Always a pleasure. Uh, we'll keep you apprised of the statistics on uh, Saturday. I'll be out in Happy Valley. It. Hopefully it's not not too rainy and and not too cold, uh, but we appreciate but, your tweets, um, and I'll, I'll get you as, mu- many, uh, as much information on your guys at IU as possible. Hey, last thing, do you guys think you have a shot with Ohio State, excuse me, uh, Michigan and Michigan State? Do you guys think you have a shot in those games? Uh, I, I think we have a better shot at Michigan uh, at home, although, um, you know, Michigan State had some trouble with Purdue last week, and They've had some injury issues, so that's still a couple weeks away. Uh, Michigan's down the road a, a while, so the way football season goes with injuries, who knows? And you could catch them at a bad time, and IU could be facing them when they're hot. So I, I would say Michigan's uh, more beatable than Michigan State, but both of those are going to be very tough tests. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take an Indiana over Penn State. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it. All right. That's here. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sammy. All right. Thanks, Lyndon. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Yeah, we could use some of that, uh, some of those defensive backs. That that would be be helpful. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, you're right. Jonathan Crawford particularly is a guy that stands out as a, a different kind of athlete than what we're used to seeing, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So, um, yeah, that's why we that's why we keep going to Linden is because number one he's really good and number two, uh, you know it's very clear that Indiana has made it a priority to continue recruiting that area because they like the guys that they've gotten from that area here recently and if if you like the type of player or the type of you know kid um, that you get from a certain area, you're, you're likely to go back to that well again. And, and you like the type of relationships that maybe you develop with community, you're, you're likely to continue going to that area. So it seems very clear that Indiana wants to continue making uh, the Pinellas County area a priority. So that's why we continue to have him on. It's good to get that update here uh, in the middle of football season. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's nice to see that IU's profile has uh, risen a little bit uh, from this this 4-1 start, a, a good showing on national TV last week. And again, uh, TJ, we, we said it before, we'll say it again. You've got to back it up. Uh, you're on national yep. TV again. It's part of the perks of playing in the Big Ten. 
Uh, you're on ESPN2 at noon. Uh, another good showing and a win would go, uh, you know, miles in, you know, getting some of these guys to commit. And how about that guy with averaging 42 yards a punt return? How would he look on kickoff returns? So, you know, some of these guys, you need to, to win these games to to up your profile. People now have heard about Indiana football. You know, the, the old joke was, oh, Indiana is a football team. Well, you know what? They do, and they're pretty good this year. So, you know, people yeah. have got to start paying attention, and I, I think having these games on national TV and having a good showing is uh, has been terrific for them. Yep, agreed. It can only be positive, and, and uh, you know, the – the big thing, not just for the future, but for the present, obviously this game would set you up really, really well to accomplish the goals you wanted to accomplish. And, you know, a loss does not take anything off the table by any means. This is not like a, oh, they have to win this game. You know, this is not Ford International or, or even Wake Forest where you felt like they had to win that game to accomplish what they want. Uh, this is kind of a... For for us anyway, for the players and coaches, it shouldn't feel this way. But you know, for for us as as fans and, and commenters on it, um, this is kind of a gravy game where you can maybe improve the season you expected to have by stealing a win in a place that you didn't expect to get one. So um, I, I think it's going to be really really interesting to watch. Number one, how IU responds. To, to a week of kind of being patted on the back for coming close. Uh, number two, whether or not they can take coming close and turning that into actually getting it done. And then number three, just to see how um, if IU has to adjust to the injuries that we think they might have to adjust to, how they get that done. I think the coaching staff is going to have to get creative if they're without and or Howard uh, they're going to have to get creative to, to put up points on this Penn State defense. Uh, we saw some creative plays against Ohio State. We're going to have to see more of that. And we're going to have to see tremendous execution. You can't have those silly penalties like a false start at the red zone. You can't have holding penalties to bring back positive plays. Uh, and you're going to have to keep doing the little things that they've they've done pretty well so far this year to, to be in the game. Like you said, it's, it's – uh, Saturday at noon, we'll have we'll have the primers up now. Uh, the know your opponent should be up tomorrow morning. We got this podcast, and uh, Nick will have his his numbers piece up. It's always a really good informative read. They'll have that up later in the week. So we've we've got you covered for everything you need, and then we'll have we'll have the post game for Penn State, and we'll do it all again next week. Uh, yeah, definitely. And we'll also have keys to the game, uh, which I'll put out Friday. And uh, keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. TJ and Nick do a fantastic job at covering the game stuff. Um, So, you know, if you're going to to Penn State, uh, listen to, you know, our podcast might get you to somewhere in Ohio. uh, Or if you're coming from the East Coast, it might get you out of New Jersey. Actually, you'll be lucky if you get out of the uh, traffic on the George Washington Bridge. But. Uh, we'll try and fill an hour of your time uh, on the road trip. Otherwise, uh, enjoy the game. Watch it on TV. Uh, keep coming back. Uh, interact with us on Twitter. Leave some comments on the site. Uh, we enjoy, uh, you know, all the interactions with fans, uh, both, you know, IU and opposing fans. We had a lot of uh, Ohio State and some Penn State fans this week commenting on the site. 
So, you know, we uh, encourage playful banter. Don't, you know, hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, don't say anything uh, too mean. But, you know, go comment on the site. We want to know your thoughts about this team. Um, but, TJ, thanks for coming on. As, as always, uh, it's great talking football on, on a Wednesday morning. Absolutely. Have a good week, everybody. We will talk again on uh, on Monday. Go Hoosiers. All right. That does it for our pregame show. Uh, Indiana takes on Penn State at noon in uh, State College on ESPN2. Uh, you can check your local listings for that uh, if you're not going to the game. Uh, if you are, enjoy Penn State. It's a special place, a great atmosphere, um, and it's awesome. So, Uh, Until Monday, we'll speak to you then. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Mm-hmm. 